Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Happy Easter! My name is Mike McGowan, the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship. I'm really glad that you made it to church today. Uh, today we're kicking off a brand new series called The People That God Loves. And, and the truth is, one of the best things that we can do on Easter Sunday to honor the Lord is to love the people that He loves. Now, God loves everybody, right? Yeah. But the truth is, is that there are certain groups of people that God does pay extra special attention to. God pays special attention to widows, orphans, children, prisoners. People that our society has written off. People that have no voice. People that have been marginalized, people that no one is helping, that nobody's doing anything to, in mass to really assist these people. Those are people that God gives special attention to. And I've come across some very important verses I'm going to share them with you. So go ahead and pull out your message notes and let's get right to it. A couple of verses that God has given me about these very special people. I printed there for you. The first is in James chapter 1 verse 27. The Bible says this, says, religion... That God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress. And then in Matthew 25, this is Jesus talking here. He says this, he says, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was alone and away from home and you invited me into your house. I was without clothes and you gave me something to wear. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And the king will answer, I tell you the truth, anything you did, even for the least of my people here, you also did for me. You know, one time uh, someone asked me, said, Mike, what are you doing to help each one of these groups of people? The poor, widows, orphans, children, prisoners. What are you doing to help them? And I'm going to be honest with you, I just sat there dumbfounded because I realized I wasn't doing anything. I mean, I don't even know any orphans. I, I don't know any widows. I, I just don't. And I wasn't doing anything to help like children or poor people or I certainly wasn't going and visiting any prisoners. I wasn't doing anything. And I realized in that moment of clarity that there's a whole part of the Bible that I wasn't even doing. Now, before we go any farther, I, want, I need to share with you something. Um, I want to state you a concept. It's called the stewardship of influence, okay? It comes out of Proverbs chapter 31. And so I've printed it there for you. Let me read this verse to you. It's, it's really a great verse. It says, that, two verses. It says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. 
defend the rights of the poor and needy. This passage was actually written by the king's mom. And it was written to the king to help him to become good and wise. And she wrote it to him to let him know that he wasn't the king just to be in charge. That his job as the king was to speak up for people who could not speak up for themselves. That his job as the king was to use his influence to speak up for those who had no influence. That is the stewardship of influence. And God has given each one of us influence and the abilities to influence change. He's given us our intelligence. He's given us um, resources and finances and positions and relationships and networks of friends. He's given us all of those things because he wants us to use our influence and our abilities to speak up for those who have no influence. That's our job and role with these stewardship of influence. And you know, and here's, look, here's the thing. I honestly think that if we knew someone had a real need, I think every one of us in this room would do something to meet that need. I really do. I mean, I think we would all do that. And so for the remainder of this series, for the next five weeks, including today, we are going to each week examine a, and look at a different group of people that God gives his special attention to. And every week, we're going to give you an opportunity to get involved, to meet a real need that each of these groups have. And all of it, there'll be, there'll be one big thing that all of us can do. And then for those that are so moved, there'll be opportunities to go even deeper and become more involved. And so that brings us to the very first group of people that we're going to talk about today. And that is the poor. Today we're going to talk about the poor. And I don't want the poor just to be some faceless silhouette. I want the poor by the end of today to become someone that, a group of people that you are becoming more and more familiar with. I used to be a youth pastor <clears throat> And uh, one day, I went to go visit a uh, 13-year-old little kid, a uh, little guy. He had come to our youth group the previous Sunday for the very first time in his life. And uh, anyway, so on my way to his house, as I got closer and closer and closer, I realized he lived in an extremely run-down part of Katy. I mean, really run-down. As I got closer to his house, and when I finally pulled up, I saw his house, I realized that... There was a hole the size of a basketball goal in his roof with no patch on it. The whole house was up on cinder blocks. The paint was peeling off. The whole house was leaning to the right. So I knew that they were Republicans because the whole house leaned to the right. <laughs> Couldn't resist, sorry. <laughs> you know, but the truth, but the truth is, their whole house, literally, it was, it was in a state of total disrepair. I mean, it was unbelievable. And, you know, and I've thought a lot about that because the truth is, most of us, we don't have that kind of exposure to people that are poor. Not, li not like that. I mean, there are people in our area that if they don't go to the local food pantry, they don't eat. School lunch is the only meal their kids will eat some days. 
These are people who have holes in the roofs and they can't fix it. They don't have AC. They don't go buy school clothes. They don't have enough money to buy their kids an Easter basket, much less hunt Easter eggs. And these people live in our area, just literally a few miles from here. And so the question then becomes, are we willing to help them? Would we be willing to use our resources, literally the things that God has already given to us, would we be willing to use those things to help the people that need it the most, help the people that God already gives his special attention to? Well, if that's true, what does God say I should do to help the poor? Well, all of the passages in the Bible can be basically summed up in three commands. There's hundreds of verses about the poor. But you can sum up sum them up all into basically three commands. And here's the first. I've printed them for you in your bulletin. This is your first fill-in. Or first big fill-in. And that is this. The first command is to genuinely care. Genuinely care about the poor. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 7, here's what the Bible says. It says, The righteous care about justice for the poor. But the wicked have no such concern. You know, the truth is, most people think the poor should be helped. But at some point, we've got to move past thinking about, yeah, something should be done, to actually going out and doing something to help these people. I mean, that's what we've got to get to. But in order to do that, and here's your next fill-in, I have to have sympathetic knowledge. In order to really care I have got to have sympathetic knowledge. Because look, here's the thing. You cannot care about what you do not know about. You can't. I can't. None of us can. But in order to develop that, we've got to have, you know, primary contact with people that really are poor. You know, one of the ways that you can do that is to be a, is a volunteer at an organization called Katie Christian Ministries. Katie Christian Ministries, you might have heard of it before, but they help poor people. I mean, poor people come there and they get the assistance that they need to just make it through that next week. And so if you were to volunteer there, you would have first contact and you would get to meet some of these people and see their plight and see it firsthand. And you would develop that sympathetic knowledge. And I'm telling you what it'll do. It'll change your heart. It'll help you realize, wow. And I promise you, you will care more than you've cared before. Okay. Second thing that we've got to do that the Bible says is this. Is, you've got to, we, is we have to speak up for the poor. We have to speak up for the poor. In Psalm 82.3, the Bible says this. It says, defend the cause of the weak and fatherless. Maintain the rights of the poor and the oppressed. You know, in the Bible, there's tons of verses that talk about how we should not take advantage of the poor. But the truth is, is we need to do the opposite. We need to go out of our way to speak up for the poor, to protect their rights. Because look, since they have no voice in our society, we have to be the ones that speak up for them. We've got to protect the rights because if we don't, I can guarantee you they will be trampled on by the greedy and self-serving people in our culture. That is just the way it is. And so how can we speak up for the poor? Well, I, you know, I've already mentioned volunteering at KCM, at Katie Christian Ministries. And if you chose to volunteer there, what could you do? Well, you know, you could go work in their food pantry. 
I've done this before. You can go over there and you can sort food that comes in. You can put it on the hills. You can get it, get, get, it, get it together for the people that are going to come in that day to receive food. You can even distribute food to the poor. You can go volunteer in one of the resale shops. I mean, if you volunteer in the resale shop, you can sort through clothes and donations. You can tag them. You can put them out on the floor. You can help answer uh, questions that customers might have. You can volunteer in their domestic abuse center. You could go with some of these battered women to their court appearances or to their legal proceedings because honestly, they're scared to go by themselves. You could volunteer to help in their admin office and do anything that they might need administratively. There's tons of stuff that you could do over there. Because here's the thing, when you volunteer in an organization like Katie Christian Ministries, get this, your actions speak up for the plight of the poor. Our actions can speak up. And look, and if you go volunteer, don't go by yourself. Take your kids or your grandkids with you. Let them be exposed to some things that they would never be exposed to before. And let God use it to touch their heart. Because who knows what God might want to do through them to help the poor at some point in time in the future. All right, third thing we have to do is this. We've got to be open-handed. We've got to be open-handed. Deuteronomy 15, 11, the Bible says this. Is, there will always be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your brothers and toward the poor and needy in your land. Look, I mean, the truth is God's given, God has given us so much. And we're supposed to be open-handed towards others. God hasn't given you all you've given you, all he's given you and all he's given me so that we could just keep it all and spend it all on ourselves. There's a portion that he's given us that he wants us to give back to his church to perform ministries in the community. There's another portion that God wants you to be able to have available to use when he brings special needs like giving to the poor to your attention. That's being open-handed. That's what it means. And, I, you know, the truth is, I think most of us, if we knew of a real need, I think we would do what it takes to meet it. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in this room that, that wouldn't do that. We just haven't found a way that we're confident would actually meet the true, genuine need of the poor. And so for those of us that have money, and by the way, if you drove to church today instead of walk, you have money. Okay? <laughs> If you drove to church today because you have money, God wants you to be open-handed and not tight-fisted. And so I'm going to show you a way today that you can really get involved and you can really help people who are extremely poor by being open-handed. And I'm, listen, I'm not actually going to even ask you to donate any money today. But the truth is, you can't help the poor without spending some money because... They don't have money to meet their own needs. That's why they're poor. Now, before we go into what we're going to do to help them, I do want to talk about an area of poverty that rarely gets mentioned. And this is your next feeling this morning. The area of poverty that rarely gets mentioned is spiritual poverty. Spiritual poverty. Because the truth is, you can be materially rich, but still be spiritually poor. The spiritually poor person is the person who has little or nothing invested in a relationship with God. Maybe the spiritually poor person is someone who's never even taken, uh, taken that first step to become a, 
a believer in Christ. That person would be spiritually poor. But look, that's why we have Easter, right? I mean, that's why we have a Sunday like today. Because when God looked down on this earth, he saw all of our spiritual poverty. He realized and saw that our sin creates distance between us and God. Our sin separates us from God. And God wanted to find a way to remove the sin and close the gap so we could have a relationship with him. So God sent his son, his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. And Jesus came and God allowed him to die on a cross so that his death could pay the price for your sin and for my sin. And when he paid the price for our sin, that has the has ability to remove our sin from us so we can have a relationship with God while we're here on this earth and that we can go to heaven when we die. And three days after Jesus was crucified, he was resurrected. He rose again from the dead. And the reason he rose again from the dead was to prove to the world that he truly had overcome sin and sin had not overcome him. That's why he resurrected. And so um, since that day, Easter has proven over and over and over again that we can have a relationship with God and we don't have to be spiritually poor any longer. Look what, these, look what the Bible says. In Matthew 5, 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What that means is when you finally realize that you are spiritually poor, you are finally in a place where you can accept Christ and be sure that you'll go to heaven when you die. Acts 13, 38 and 39, it says, Brothers, listen, in this man Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who believes in him is freed from all guilt and declared right with God. But to honestly, to receive that free gift of forgiveness, you have to ask for it. And you have to be willing to follow Jesus as best you can from this day forward. That's what being a Christ follower is all about. And that very same resurrection power that allowed Jesus to rise from the dead is the same power that will enable you to live a new life for Christ. At the bottom of your message notes, there's a prayer to become a Christ follower. I want everybody right now to look at that prayer. I don't want you to read it. And as you read it, I want you to think to yourself, have you ever prayed a prayer like this before? Maybe not these exact words, but have you ever prayed a prayer like it at some point in time in your life? If you haven't, then you're not a Christ follower. Not yet. But you could become one this morning if you're willing to pray it for the first time in your life. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read this prayer in just a second. And as I read it, if you've never prayed this prayer before and you're willing to this morning, I want you to repeat it. Phrase by phrase after me. And you can either do that out loud or you can do it silently to yourself, whatever you're comfortable with. If you've never prayed it before and you're ready and you want to, I'll give you a chance to do it right now. I want everybody in the room right now, bow your head. And cl- bow your head. For those of you that have already prayed this prayer before, you just pray for, a mo- pray for those people around you. If you haven't prayed it before and you're ready to do it, I'm going to read it phrase by phrase. And I just want you to repeat it after me, either silently or out loud, whatever you're comfortable with. 
Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Even when I've ignored you and gone my own way. I need you in my life. And I'm sorry for my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And forgive me for all my sins. Please come into my heart right now. Thank you for coming into my heart and making me a new person inside. I pledge to put you in charge of my life every day. Amen. All right, everybody, look up here. Look, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time in your life, man, congratulations. I am so excited for you. I really am. And I'm going to tell you, yeah, you can give them a, a round of applause, whoever, those of you that prayed it for the first time. That's amazing. It's wonderful. And I'm going to tell you what I want you to do about that when we get to the end of our message today. But the truth is, is we can't really help the poor in uh, the materially poor in our land until we have gotten right with God. Because when we get right with God, we are finally in a place where God can use us to help the monetarily poor in some of the most meaningful ways. Okay? So how can we help them? Well, this last week I sat down with the chairman and CEO of Katie Christian Ministries, and, and we talked about what we as a church could do to get involved and help, uh, and help the needs of the poor. So um, let's go ahead and roll this video, and then I'm going to come back and wrap it up. I'm sitting here today with Sandy Fawcett, the CEO of Katie Christian Ministries, also a member at the park, and also an actual personal dear friend of mine. We've known each other for a long time, okay. Sandy. Um, Sandy, um, as president and CEO of Katie Christian Ministries, does it ever surprise you about the type of people that come to Katie Christian Ministries and ask for help or assistance? Yes, it does surprise me. And probably in the last two years, I've been more surprised than ever. Thirteen years ago, when I started, it was mainly just poor, poor people. But now today, we're seeing working poor. I know you don't get to meet everybody that comes in and asks for help, but have there been any stories that recently have captured your heart? Yes, there has. I walked in the pantry one day, and I saw a lady that I recognized, and I never know whether to go up to them or not, but she turned around and she saw me. And so we started talking. And her husband had lost his job, and they had had a wreck, wrecked their car. And so she just had all kinds of things going on in her life. And she said, I never thought I would be here for help. Mm. She said, I volunteered, and I've done all kinds of things, but now I'm needing help. So as she stood there, and as we gave her her groceries, I walked out to the car with her. And we talked, and we prayed together. And just to see her and to see her face, it just broke my heart. But then it gave me joy because I knew we were helping her. About three weeks later, she came back and they called me from the food pantry. And I went back there and her husband had found a job. And she said that she could not have made it without KCM. And that showed me why we're here and why we do what we do. 
When someone comes to the food pantry for the first time, about how many people a month do you think perhaps come for the, just the first time on average? I would probably say between 40 and 50. What, families? Families. Wow. And when someone comes to the food pantry to ask for assistance, how long do you think that they typically keep coming to the food pantry before they get back on their feet? It's normally about three months, and then we will reassess them. Now, some families do stay longer. Sandy, I know that you guys have a garden here at KCM, and that's uh, an interesting thing. So I want to talk about that for just a second. I'm really excited about our community garden. Last year, we got thousands of pounds of vegetables. We have volunteers that come out and pick the vegetables every morning or every afternoon. The greatest thing about that is that we're giving the families nutrition. I'm in the food pantry here at KD Christian Ministries at their main site. I'm actually in the sorting room right now. This is when all donations are brought to KCM. They first come to this room where they're sorted by date to make sure that um, the people that are in the most need don't get any food that is expired, as well as sorted by type so that they can distribute to the folks that need it most exactly what they need. And as you can see, there are shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves of food. But this is just the sorting room. This isn't even the main food pantry. And so um, as I talk to the people that run the food pantry, they tell me that this food pantry has turned over pretty much every three weeks. So if donations stop today, the food pantry could go for three weeks. And after that, they would be completely out of food. You know, when you walked in today, uh, most of you walked right past a big box truck from KCM. It's sitting right outside uh, in the parking lot, right right as you walk in the building right here. If that box truck were filled top to bottom, front to back with food, that would feed every person that comes to the food pantry in any given month. That's about what it would feed. What if we filled it? What if we as a church filled it with food front to back and in one church in one 24-hour period gathered enough food to feed all of the poor people in our area for an entire month? How cool would that be? That would be awesome. So would you be willing to do that? Would, you be, would everybody be willing to bring whatever it takes to fill that truck and feed everybody for a month? If one church could feed the poor for an entire month, one-twelfth of the year, think how much farther all of the other donations they're going to get would go. How many more people could be helped? It would be amazing. And so if you want to get on board and you want to do that, then there are some things that I, I need to make sure that you do. And so here are your bullet points. This is, this is it. So here's a few things to remember. I need to make sure that my donations are not expired, okay? Don't go to the food pantry and play the dating game, okay? Where you go and you find everything that's out of date and go, oh, they're poor, they'll eat it. You know, no, don't do that. That's not even nice, okay? I'm pretty sure Jesus wouldn't have done that, all right? So don't do that either, okay? In fact, the truth of the deal is, if it's expired by law, they have to throw it out. They can't even distribute it. So it gets thrown away. So don't, just don't do that. All right, number, number two, here's second bullet point. Um, I need to put all my donations in a box, not a bag. If we're going to fill up that truck, we can't stack bags of food, 
but we can stack boxes of food. So go and get a box and fill it up. Maybe two boxes, fill them up, but bring them in a box, not a bag, okay? Last one. I need to bring my donation to Parkway Fellowship before Monday at 8 p.m. This means today or tomorrow, we'll be collecting donations today starting at 1 o'clock all the way till 8 o'clock tonight and tomorrow at 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. There will be someone here ready to receive your donation and help load it onto the truck, okay? So in, literally by Monday at 8 p.m., we have to be done because they're coming first thing Tuesday morning to get the truck and take it to the food pantry so they can sort it and begin distributing it to the poor, okay? So here's what I want everybody to do. I want you to pull out your connection card. I want you to hold it right next to your message notes. I want you to check the next steps you're going to take in two places, on the card and on the message notes. Maybe it's this first next step. Because you're going to turn the card in and you're going to keep the notes so that way you remember what you committed to. But we're going to pray for every person by name that turns in a card. All right? So, this first one. I will bring a box, not a bag, of food to Parkway Fellowship to donate to Katie Christian Ministries today from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. or Monday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. That's when you're going to bring it in a box. Number two. I will come to KCM, and they're located at the corner of 5th Street and Katie Fort Bend Road, on Tuesday, April 10th, to help sort the huge amount of goods and food, food and goods donated by Parkway Fellowship. If you want to go help sort, that'd be awesome. Show up about 10 o'clock, because they're going to come here at 9, get the stuff. So show up there about 10 o'clock and help sort. Um, if you go and you want to bring your kids, that's fine, but they, that kids under 10 years old are not allowed in the food pantry. I don't know why, that's just the rule. So um, they love kids, but apparently not young ones in the food pantry. So um, 10 years old and up. All right, number three, I will email Barb Phillips, the KCM coordinator for Parkway Fellowship at barb at parkwayfellowship.com about volunteering at KCM. If you're interested in volunteering, email Barb at some point and then let her, and she'll get in contact with you and let you know about how to get involved. And look, here's the thing. When you're gathering food or when you're volunteering, let me tell you this. Get your kids involved. Let your kids help pack the box. Let your kids pick some stuff out of the pantry. Let your kids go to the store and buy some stuff. Maybe, maybe even use their own money. Let your kids be involved. Take your kids when you go and volunteer. But listen, if you want to volunteer, email Barb. I'm also going to send Barb a list of everybody that checks this box so she'll have your email. So make sure your email is legible on the front of the card. And, and she'll contact you. So between you contacting her, she'll contact you, y'all connect, and she'll get you involved at, Parkway, at um, KCM. This next one, number four. I pray to become a Christ follower today for the first time in my life. Did you pray that prayer with me for the first time in your life just a little while ago? If you did, check this box. Because I want to send you some free stuff in the mail that's going to help you grow from this point on. I also want you, on your way out, pick up a new believer packet. There's a little packet, there's a basket, just before you walk out the door, grab one of those on your way out, if you would. It's got some cool stuff in there to help you get started. Uh, next one. I commit to come for the rest of the People God Loves message series. Would you take the next month, we have four more weeks, would you take the next month to hear what God might want you to do to help different groups of people, people that God loves the most? Would you take a month and invest that in your own personal spiritual development? 
even if you don't even believe this stuff, come just to help these people that need it the most. Next week, we're going to talk about widows and single moms. Would you be willing to help widows and single moms? If you are, I'll see you in a week. Here we go. Last one. I will memorize Proverbs 31, 8, 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Great verse about the stewardship of influence. Let me pray for you as Pat and the worship team come back up. Father, I thank you so much for Easter. And Lord, I thank you that Easter is so much more than about, it's, so, it's about so much more than just bunnies and eggs. Lord, that it's about you and how you rose from the dead to offer us new life in Christ. But Lord, that you also want to use us to help change other lives as well. And I ask that you would use every single person in this room to help change the lives of the poor in our area. And that because of what you're doing today, Lord, that we, we could feed every single poor person in our area th- this next month. And so, Lord, I ask that you would use this message to help make us aware, to help us to care, to help us to speak up for those who cannot speak up for themselves. And that you would bring us all back safely next week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282.